0: And then he said that you're all a bunch of assholes and uh, it was really ridiculous that the gold was in in a special place, which nobody ended up finding. And then, you know, after that tour in America, where we desperately tried to find the, uh, the lost manuscript of all the kind of super, you know, songs I'd written that I thought would be number one hits for everybody from Taylor Swift due to Ricky Martin. Um, it was just a waste of time. So I quit.
3: You're listening to Saplin Podcast.
4: Saplin!
3: Saplin!
4: You are listening to episode 145 of Saplin Podcast with
3: myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And I was thinking earlier, right? Oh, uh, no. Don't, well, don't think. Escape no. artists never die. Tales. That's not true, some of them do. Don't yeah. tell themselves. So well yeah, that's impossible. They're an idea. Yep. It's quite a good thing we have this podcast.
4: Yeah, yep, yep, yep. This
3: week's guest <laughs> is
4: uh Singer and Funeral for a friend, frontman,
3: and all-round legend, Matthew Davis Cray. Yes, and seriously, since day one, we have been bombarded with yes, requests for this episode. We're now ecstatic- fucking leave us alone. Leave us alone now. We've got him, and we? We've fucking got him. We're ecstatic that it's finally happened, and we appreciate Matt for taking the time because he doesn't do anything anything like this especially over the last few years so it's a great conversation and we're going to get into so much because as you all probably know by now funeral for a friend is a band that means so much to the both of us personally the impact on the music scene today is undeniable and there seems to be a huge, magical resurgence of the band reuniting in 2019 for a series of special benefit shows in honor of Stu Brothers that both of us were lucky enough to attend. And since then, fans have taken it on as a celebration. And for me, there seems to be an even extra amount of emotional excitement anytime time they announce a show. And they're going to be back this weekend performing twice at Slam Dunk Festival, North and South. I'm sure both of us will end up in the pit.
4: Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. I am um, absolutely worried about uh, the, the COVID, but apart from that, yeah, as long <laughs> as I test positive tomorrow and Friday, negative, whatever. Negative, negative, are... negative. Oh, yeah, negative, the other one. the other. See, that's how scared I am. I'm already saying positive. Uh, yes, as long as I test negative, we are good to go, and I cannot wait to see them again. Um, like I mentioned, during the interview you're about to listen to, in October, those three days with Film for a Friend were the best three days of that year for me. So um, what an honour to have Matthew on. I was lucky enough to go to, like, I missed Faf's first show, but then I think I went to the next five shows, because I knew from <laughs> from the moment I heard the demo that they were going to be fucking huge, and they were going to be inspirational and so yeah I went to see them loads and loads of times until they gave up and became my friend so (laughs) that's a story for everyone if you like a band if you just bug them enough you can eventually become their friends and they might give you some shows and you might end up being a band yourself so yeah do that that's my idea
3: well to be fair it could go either two ways it goes like that where you become friends and play shows and all, you get a restraining order. And the fact, Sean, you've made a lot of friends by bugging them and doing tours and whatnot, and haven't had a single restraining order against you—that's an achievement in itself. I've just realised that. Well, so
4: well done. Y- yeah. We also haven't mentioned restraining orders before on the podcast week. Uh, really? There could be some. <sighs> hey, get in touch with us at Happening <laughs> Pod on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> To let us know who you think might have a restraining order against either me or Morgan. Ooh. Um, one of them's got more than the other. Um, Morgan, probably. Yeah,
3: most most probably. But what a conversation th- this is. And with Matt, we're going to get into absolutely everything from his life now in Germany and working for Avocado Booking, to the end of Funeral for a Friend in 2016, to their return What the future might hold for the band, their legacy, some of our favorite tracks and albums and a few surprises along the way. So it's definitely one to check out if you're a diehard fan, a funeral for a friend or just love band stories. Let me tell you that.
4: If you are listening to this over the weekend, um, you might do an exclusive that I don't think is anywhere else. So, um, yes, if you do hear it, please, please share it. Please tell everyone far and wide. We absolutely love doing this. If you enjoyed this one, check out the one we did with Chris Coombs Roberts. Chris Coombs Roberts that we did previously. That was back in October 2019 when we did those shows. Um, That was also good. I just realized that everybody in Film for a Friend is slowly getting the double barrel surname.
3: Yeah,
4: Ryan Richards, Richards, (laughs) Um, (laughs) Darren Smith, Smith, Darren Ren Ren Smith, Darren Smith. Smith, okay. Um, yeah, it, de- yep, yeah, it's definitely every <laughs> single one of us. Don't look into it. Don't no. look into it at all. But uh, yeah, they've all got double-barrel surnames now, which is strange. If you but if yes, you look in, chat,
3: if you look into it, I think you basically saying we're liars, and I don't think that's very nice at all. So just believe everything we say on this podcast, please. But no, we'd have a, a previous episode of Chris, and we have a previous episode of Ryan for you to check out. As well. And we will be at Slam Dunk Festival this weekend covering and getting some lovely content for you for the podcast coming up. So if you want to keep up to date with everything going on in the world of sapnin, go and give us a follow at sapnin pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or you could get all the exclusive news first before anyone else with a bunch of bonuses and be involved with our wonderful community of people who are the best we can ever imagine as our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin.
4: Yes, what a fantastic community we've accidentally created there of um, absolute legends as well. So uh, yeah, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin to... Support the show and keep us going. We appreciate every single person involved, whoever has been involved and is thinking of getting involved. But hurry up and do it, it, Shall we get on with this episode?
3: Yes, so this is the wonderful Matthew a Funeral for a Friend right here on episode 145 of Sapnin' Podcast.
4: 145 episodes of this. Mad dinner. it. Absolutely <laughs> mad. We put five episodes out last month, and it's only four weeks. Sopnin! <laughs> <Sup, man>? Sopnin! <laughs> <Sup, man? laughs> Check out the other episodes of your shits.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
3: What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> yes, our guest this week is singer,
4: songwriter, and Disney superstar Mickey Mouse. What was that <laughs> then? <laughs> oh, what a start! What the fuck is that? Yeah, this week's guest is uh, *Fame for a Friend* frontman and all-round legend Matthew Davis Cray. How are you, Matthew?
0: Um. Much better now that I've uh, loosened my voice up with that. <laughs> I was about
3: to,
5: <laughs> say. Was
3: about to <laughs> little say, yeah. Warm up. little warm-up yeah. routine. No, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time, man. How's, how's things at the moment? You've uh, you've just arrived in Wales, I believe.
0: Yeah, for the first time in just under two years. Um, I have arrived back in the land of my fathers, my mothers, my aunties, my uncles <laughs> and my um, cousins. And... Yeah, I've been here since since Friday, so it's um it's been good. I'm still kind of locked down because I'm waiting for my day two test results to come back. <laughs> but apart from that, pretty good. Pretty good.
4: Yeah, it's madness. Like yeah, so yeah, we should explain. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Matthew now uh, lives in Germany and is back because this weekend he is playing the mighty slam dunk festival with funeral for a friend. Yeah, how was uh how's Germany? Um
0: Germany is doing pretty well um in all fairness. I mean I live in a real rural park um up in the northwest I, you know I'm not a big fan of big city life so I'm quite glad that we managed to settle somewhere where um there's lots of open spaces I mean with the animals that we've got and the dogs and everything it's it's kind of held us in in good stead doing this um the last uh, two years so
3: Nice, yeah. Yes. Well, how, how long have you actually been out there? Because I, I believe it's before Funeral originally called it a day back in 2016, right? Or was it just just No, after?
0: no um, yeah, 2017. Um, the start of 2017 is when we moved, my wife and I. I mean, my wife's German, but um, we were living in um, in the valleys for quite a long time. And um, and I think as the band kind of wound down, we just decided that life, would would try life, um, over the other side of, uh, the channel. <laughs> and yeah, we've been there since 2017, and I'm now a full fledged, uh, German as well as a Welshman. Ooh. So, um,
4: that's oh, as good. That's as good.
0: That's <laughs> is good. So, um, I can, I'm, I'm still a European Union citizen. So, uh, um,
4: oh, you jammy bastard. Yeah. I get, oh, I,
0: smart. Um, oh. I get the benefit of, um, yeah, of both worlds. So uh, uh,
4: my man.
0: Yeah. I, mean, oh. I mean, it was a lot of. I mean, I I resent <laughs> having to do it. I mean, not. I kind of don't. I mean, it, it's it's it makes sense if you're living in a country to kind of get to grips and learn the language and everything. And um, but generally, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit thinking that I kind of maybe didn't have to to do it. You know, to not require for me to stay a European Union citizen. But um, yeah, it, it's good. It's good for me. It's good for my family. So.
4: Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, how uh, how is your German? Are you um, um are you good to go now?
0: Uh, total scheisse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my my German is um is probably no better than a two year old uh, German oh, okay. child. To be honest with you. Oh, right. Um no. I mean, I get by. I, I kind of really um, put the pedal to the metal to get um, the requirements so I could apply for citizenship before um, the UK properly. Um, left the European Union so that took and in the middle of COVID as well that took a hell of a lot longer than what um, was, was scheduled but um, but yeah I mean there was some stress but I'm very very glad that I was able to kind of do as much as I needed to to satisfy the, Ger- the German government that I was okay to say <laughs> in the yeah
4: well yeah what what? Do the, yeah. What, what does the? Sorry, I know, I've never done a citizenship test. I, guess. I I couldn't even prove I was Welsh. I guess I was going
3: to say because you answer Welsh questions so sure, and if you had to, like I don't. No, I, God, no, no.
0: I, <laughs> I mean, the basic the basic requirements involve me having to uh, be proficient in a B1 level German at the very basic le- element, and I had to take a citizenship test. Which was thirty-three questions about a whole host of things to do with Germans' history, political system, cultural stuff, and um, stuff that even um, when I was talking to Germans, my German friends would be like, "I have no idea what that is." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I had to deep dive. I had to deep dive into a lot of things, and um, which was interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, it was cool.
3: So, nice. so we, sh- so we shouldn't expect you to re-record all the funeral songs in, German, in Germany? So absolutely- no, I'm not, I'm
0: not, I'm not, do- <laughs> I'm not, it. I'm not gonna do. Um, I mean, honestly back in the um, back in the '80s and the '70s, it was a big deal for artists to do that. I mean, yeah. Peter Gabriel, I think Peter Gabriel released every one of his first kind of like five solo albums as German versions as well, which is like pretty, pretty rad. Uh, if you think, if you think about it, I mean, the market Germany's always had a strong kind of rock and alternative kind of market so um, but it's very it's very unique so hmm. um,
4: well yeah,
5: is it mean,
0: not I'm a d-
4: way is, is it not a way now where we can get Matthew Davis Cray and David Asloff together because <laughs> because there's also a <laughs> Welsh connection there now because David True. married a woman from Glynith of, like you do like you well, do when you're David know, Asloff
0: but he's, but he's technically American isn't he?
4: yeah but he the Germans <laughs> the Germans, well, the Germans are d- him yeah i mean the so, gym is yeah, yeah. i mean, well, if yeah, you I mean were, he's, yeah
0: he's practically like he's you know they, they got statues of him everywhere where, where i go it's literally
5: you know <laughs> yeah. every household
0: every household has to have a little david hasselhoff statue <laughs> on, the, uh, on the mantelpiece. yeah, yeah well,
4: that's what i was gonna say yeah for the german test i was wondering if you had to like sing any of his songs how or many just to number one all...
0: hits to david
4: hasselhoff,
0: <laughs> and, um, i didn't want you i didn't want you and uh yeah, I mean, it's... You know, he's part of the curriculum over there, mate. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Right.
4: Well, the yeah. In early school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to imagine all the, all the funeral songs now in German. That would be, or, or in the style of David Hasselhoff. <laughs> or in the style <laughs> of David Hasselhoff.
5: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Let's. Br- we need to bring those two worlds together. I think David Hassel, Di Hasselhoff, because he's part of the Yeah, Di Hasselhoff Die yeah. and uh, Matt together doing German funeral for friend covers. Yeah. That'd what's um? Nothing more than a line in your book in German then Oh. <laughs> 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 Need to work either. This well, is the future. It,
3: I, I'm sure there's someone in Germany listening to this. So if you can tweet us the translation to some of lyrics in German, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. that'd it's, be great. It, and we can oh, it, get the ball rolling.
0: It probably is a couple of sentences or a paragraph long longer than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so probably, maybe,
3: it? yeah.
4: It definitely doesn't fit the melody. It definitely <laughs> doesn't fit the melody anymore. Mm, no, oh, I I'm I'm trying like to get it, all
3: the yeah, oh, but nice to see everything's going well in Germany, man. And really, there's a lot we want to get into, because especially just these last five years in particular, must have been such a roller coaster of emotions for you in many different ways, from funeral originally ending to coming back, you moved to Germany, you're working with Carval booking. I mean, when you sit down now and think about just those last few years in particular, is it quite weird to see how much life has changed so often?
0: Um, I honestly, I for me, I don't. I mean, I I've never really rate kind of look, looked at it in that way, really, because everything has been such a fluid move from funeral stopping to, I mean, a lot of things in the last couple of years of funerals existence kind of were moving in a way which um were less reliant on the the band being uh at the forefront of what I think we did. You know, I started working in a record shop uh, part time during the last couple of years a funeral and just for me m- my life was just kind of fluidly moving from it being a you know a, a major point in my life to becoming something that was going to end and moving into more of a, a i guess more normality i mean more of a structured kind of um existence where i could actually block out parts of my Calendar <laughs> without having to worry about it moving consistently. <laughs> uh... Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, the last couple of years have just been incredibly fluid. I mean, they've flown by it like that. I mean, to be, to be fair with you, I mean, I don't know if it's getting older is is a aspect of that, but I have not really spent too much time dwelling on it, you know, going from band life to, to moving abroad to settling, you know, and, and starting a life there. Uh, working for my my wife's um, company and everything, and I mean, it's still I'm still glad to be involved in the music industry, um, but it's on a level which I feel a lot more comfortable being a part of things, and it's not the the center of my existence. But it's it's nice to be able to participate in it and getting um, to come back and do. Obviously, I don't think we would have we would have done anything if it wasn't for the um, the benefit shows we did in 2019 and the the response to those were was so overwhelming um
4: magic magic i
0: mean sean you were there i mean it was i don't think any of us expected the reaction or the personal reaction to us being around each other as strongly as as we did and i'm not saying i mean i don't think we, we ever said that i mean oh let's just get you know the you know, let's let's keep the dream alive because the dream. I mean, we've lived through the dream. Um, we've we come out the other end of the dream, and it was a nice attempt to kind of reconcile the kind of lineup aspect of the band. Again, we're bringing Darren back and Ryan back, and having the band be almost the, the you know, the sum total of the history of you know for a friend as much as we could on stage at this point, and and having that experience, which was. I would be lying if I said it wasn't a lot of fun. It was It was. It was a great, great laugh. And um, I mean, this would have happened, the shows that we've got planned would have happened a lot sooner if it wasn't for every, you know the pandemic. But as far as that, I mean, I don't think there's anything further than that. So um, we'll see where it goes, if it goes <laughs> anywhere.
4: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, touching on those October shows in 2019, it's mad. It? 2009, it's nearly two years ago. That's nuts. And they were literally... The three best days of 2019, <laughs> and this is pre pandemic, where, uh, before we were all just trapped in our houses being miserable. So they were the three best days of 2019 for me. I think they were amazing from the moment I turned up. Cause, cause I wasn't sure, uh, to be honest, like you asked, you guys asked, um, the blackout to support and we couldn't, we couldn't organize it. So you guys offered raiders and that meant the world to us, and especially, um, for us to show that Stu, Stu, uh brothers meant meant a lot to us as well but i turned up and i i genuinely wasn't sure how everybody was going to react to each other and i just didn't know (laughs) i like i there was part there was part of me that i was expecting it to be a little bit awkward even but i turned up and i came early and you guys were all on stage and you were all fucking beaming and I was like, "Oh, this this looks good. This looks and it was um, it was literally the three best days of 2019. Two of the best shows. Well, the two best shows Raiders have played so far. And yeah, just <laughs> getting to be there was an absolute honour. And yeah, what the fucking what a magical magical three days they mm. were. And after yeah after that, I thought, well, they've got they've got to do more shows just because the the love you all seem to have for each other on stage, but the love from the crowd was it was. I expected it from the crowd, but I didn't expect that much as well. It was just absolutely fucking magical.
0: Well, thank you for the kind words, you soppy bastard. <laughs> no,
5: right. no um, I it was. No, it was. No, it no was, oh. I mean, no, absolutely.
0: I mean, 100%. I think none of us, I certainly didn't anticipate the um, just how easy it would be to slip back into... The comfortable kind of environment of being around each other. I mean, and uh, in all fairness, it kind of it, it kind of informed me just how much I, I missed certain personalities in the band. I mean, I I, I didn't realize I'd missed Darren so much. We around around Darren. <laughs> like, Do you know, what?
5: Um, snap.
4: <laughs> I was the same. As soon as I saw him, I was like, hey, it's Darren. Because Darren still, you know, he doesn't still, he still lives not far from me. It's just, I haven't been, we haven't been in the right circles and stuff and we haven't been playing the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I've DJed with him a few times since. and I, He's literally one of the funniest, driest people I've ever met in my life.
0: I mean, there was, so, I mean, it, there were so many years that we, we've, we carried on with, with a particular lineup of the band. And it wasn't until we kind of stepped foot in the rehearsal space that it just felt like you know what? It's, I've missed this. I, I've missed, but I mean, and the reason was there was no um, absolutely zero expectations going into the sh- the, the benefit shows, other, w- other than making sure that we weren't absolutely shit. And it was just like it was just like putting on your favorite pair of slippers, you know. I mean, I was really nervous because up until that point, I'd kind of stopped doing anything music. Uh, related um creative i hadn't sung in a in any kind of fashion not even in the in the shower to myself <laughs> um do you, you know what I, I i honestly don't know what it was i think and i put it down to the fact that it was such a major part of my life for so long that it, it kind of towards the end it kind of stopped being i was kind of relieved that i could just not it was not me to do it It almost took the fun out of of it for me so um i kind of shut down and didn't do anything so having to kind of step up and relearn how to do that again was incredibly daunting i think it would have been even more daunting if i had a step foot into rehearsals and it would have been awkward or there would have been some weirdness there but everybody was super chill i mean like and it was as if we hadn't you know that that lineup of all six of us in that room had always been there, and personalities, no egos, no nothing, any issues that we might have had with any anything over the years just kind of didn't exist, and we just kind of picked up where things left off and yes, yeah, so, i mean it was it just felt really natural and I think when the idea of uh, I think because what Ryan mentioned to me that Lord had been interested in kind of having us play a show. And I was kind of one, I mean, because those three shows were so magical. I was kind of wondering if it would just kind of be counterproductive to, to that feeling to kind of push it any further. But the response was so insane and the amount of people that couldn't either I was contacted by that couldn't get to, to be a part of those shows. Um, when we were discussing the possibility of doing a few more um, for the benefit of, of those who couldn't get to see the benefit shows, then um, yeah, I kind of, I think having that, that feeling that vibe amongst us really helped in convincing me that it was, you know, a cool thing to kind of do. And even if it's the last thing we ever do now, I mean, it'll be, um, it'll be at least we've kind of got to do something together in that, sh- in that regard and have it be hopefully, you know, a bit of fun.
3: One thing I did want to talk to you about um, is that kind of your process mentally getting back into funeral for a friend, because obviously you kind of dealt with a lot of things and put it to bed originally back in 2016 when you had those fa- farewell shows and, was there ever a point of view that thought maybe it would be too hard to do again, or was it because everything was kind of forced to and uh, and the benefit that it made it much more easier?
0: Yeah. I mean, this, um, the benefit um, for Stu, I mean, Stu literally is the reason why I, I kind of agreed to do it. I mean, any other circumstance at that point, I I probably would have just gone, nope, nope, not ready, not, not keen on revisiting old, all things. And, um, I, it's, it's horrible that it takes an, an um, an event like that. Uh, uh, somebody that you was always around the existence of the band in the early, pretty much predominantly like the first, you know, five or six years of the band who, who spent his time doing things for us that still blows my mind. Um, but I mean, if there was anything, anybody that would have, you know, convinced me to do it, then it would have been Stu, really. And it's, it's heartbreaking and tragic that it, it, it was, you know, that, that, you know, that particular circumstance. But I, I feel grateful that we had the opportunity to celebrate his contribution to not just to us for the, the, the funeral family, so to speak, but for his own family to see how absolutely loved and respected he was amongst our community. I mean, the the people that were around us at the very early days of the band were, you know, were very much a support group for each other and are still very, very much there for each other now, which still blows my mind that our band, you know, could have created or, or influenced something like that. You know, um, I, you know, I, I, I've kind of learned to try to not take those things for granted. It's, it's very special and, and unique, but I was absolutely terrified when it, going into it because, um, Having literally pressed stop on anything music related up to that point, it was, um, very scary trying to put that hat back on again, you know, and, um, and, and just put yourself in the mindset of, of, of the person that I was in the band because I'm, I was, I'm, I was very good at being one person on stage. And myself off stage, which is very shy, very introverted, Mm -hmm. very personal, very private, and then finding you know the energy to to be in front of people. I mean it's I still don't know how I manage it, to be honest, because it goes against everything in my body to put myself through that. I I mean it's the, the time away from the band gave me a lot of time to reflect on. On, on that part of myself. And I was generally, generally, um, when I got, you know, the, when we started talking about it, playing these benefit shows, I got the sweat. I was sweating. I was just like, I said to my wife, I said, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can be that person again. I don't know if I can be in front of people. I don't know if I can sing these songs in the same way. I, I literally locked myself. I was lucky because we were staying at that point. We were still staying I was staying with my, um, my in-laws, and they had a they've got a basement. So I was locking myself in the basement with with um I, I didn't, my microphone was still packed packed in boxes in the storage space after we moved. I don't know about I don't know about you, Sean, but over the years, I don't know, I've had this psych, weird psychic you know, psycho kind of connection that I can't sing unless I'm physically holding a microphone to my mouth. I find it really oh, wow. difficult to physically <laughs> put myself in the position of singing some of these songs. Without physically having a microphone in my hand, it's so weird.
3: Do you feel? Do you feel like that's just like a comfort blanket in a way?
0: I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when it developed. I mean, I never used to have mm. that problem, but it was. I mean, I've always suffered with a with um, a lot of self doubt, and I've always doubted my own ability. And I've um, I've spent years worrying and stressing about my um, ability to do what I do, to the detriment of my own mental health quite a, quite a lot. But I think at some point that connection was just forged. And I mean, I slowly kind of, tra- I'm kind of started because I want to train myself out of it because I remember having so much fun singing years and years and years ago before, maybe in the early days of the band and before the band even, that I kind of at some point, you know, getting ready for these shows now, these slam dunk shows, I want to kind of re, you know, discover that, that kind of person again. It's, get, it's been getting there. And um, I, in, the, in the basement, I was looking for things. I was trying to sing and trying I was getting really paranoid. really stressed, drastic and I can't do this. I can't do this. So I ended up like trying to find substitutes for a microphone to, to get myself in the mood. So I got like a, a torch. I was using a torch. I literally practiced every day using a, a torch to sing to. Wow. Uh, practically every couple of days for a couple of hours, for months, for at least three or four months, get myself up to speed um, to reconnect with the physicality of it because I'm mean, I it's such a physical thing singing that I completely forgot
5: what it is I was <laughs> supposed to be doing. I was like,
0: ah, 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 ah. I mean, it's pretty much everything. It took me and I had to force myself. I mean, the first time I was in that basement and I tried to sing some of the songs, I scared myself because I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> This is this. Sounds, I've got to re- I've got a really, really. Because you know, at that point, it was about three and a half years, and I hadn't sung. I hadn't sung. I hadn't sung a note. I literally
3: had not sung. Didn't I'm sing anyone happy birthday. Nothing. No, nothing. I mean, um, things, straight up refused. Like, I, no, I will not sing happy um, birthday,
4: Merry Christmas, nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean where i mean i've never i was i don't think I was in a situation when singing was actually something that I would have accidentally have had to do, and because i my my attention always drifts to, to, you know, between different things, it never really was a focus for me to to deal with so um I avoided it for so long, but it was very terrifying getting back into it and um but it was worth it in the end i mean stepping back on stage for those shows was a freeing experience. I mean, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I mean, it was, you know, I think it's like for me, I equate the feeling to when you, you know, when you're a kid and you're on holidays and you, the, the school term is about to start up again. You get that anxiety of having to go back to school again, and it's always worse the build-up in your head than where you actually go there the next, you know, the next day and everything's fine. You work through it, it's fine. So yeah, getting on stage and actually the show going ahead was just like that release, you know, that kind of feeling where I didn't have to stress. And I was just like, everybody was going through the same thing. And we were all there un- united for, for Stu and his family. And yeah, it was, it was good. So, I mean, I've been trying to kind of keep on top of, of, of myself since then, really, because it was, it was a nice feeling to have. And um, I did enjoy it. And um, it's not, I can't say it's been easy to kind of get myself to um, pick up a guitar or, or thing or sing lot of stuff, but um, you know, bits and pieces. It's been it's been a little bit better.
4: Nice. Well, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see that you, yeah, you managed to rear some practice for it, and then um, Mevs just came out bold and went fucking <laughs> metal <many closer laughs> So Oh I mean, was, I, mean uh,
0: he, I mean, he was sh- he was he was so nervous. I mean, he, he came up to me and so said, "I don't know if I can do." Do do it like I did. I said, "Well, just just do something." I mean, I'm just <laughs> happy. I I said, "I'm just happy that you're, you're gonna and you're gonna be on stage." I mean, I yeah. haven't. I mean, that that moment where it's literally the five of us on stage. It was you know six of us with me. Mev's Andy, Chris, Darren, Johnny.
5: Johnny, was, yeah. I, I
0: was was um. I never thought I'd ever get to experience that again. No, I, I I I didn't know what to expect because we didn't really practice it. I mean, we practiced it loosely in rehearsals with Andy and, and, and Johnny and stuff, but Nevs um, wasn't around up until the actual show. Um,
4: that was the first time I've ever seen... Yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen Johnny Phillips nervous. Oh, well, yeah.
0: Oh, man, it's... it's yeah. um, do you know what? I think we were all kind of excited. <laughs> I mean, it was an excited nervous. I mean, he was definitely looked like he'd lost a couple of pints of blood. Um <laughs>
3: I'm just, I'm just glad that was the first time I've actually met him properly because I think any other time he would have just oh, have, abused me in some other you. way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I been, mean, you would I'm,
4: have had the, the, <laughs> the first reaction everybody would have had with Johnny Phillips, where he would have been so rude to you, right? That you were like, "I am making this my life mission to destroy that man." <laughs> that's that's exact meeting I had with him, and then now he's one of my best friends. So yeah, um, weird. Yeah, you were lucky, Mog. Yeah, you were like yeah, you called yeah. him in a in a shit <laughs> shit shitting himself <laughs> style mod. Oh. I was a bit there. nervous, Could have but got
0: away with anything. Asked him for anything, <laughs> you would have given
3: it. Oh, I should yeah. have, I should have. No, but it, it definitely it feels like there was such a energy and a buzz magic, of those shows. Magic. Yeah, and it's continued on with the fans every time you've announced a show or a tour or anything since. I'm sure Slam Dunk will be um, feel like that again. But it's gotta be weird for you as well because this must be the first time you've ever done funeral or a band really where there's somewhat no pressure there's no kind of behind the scenes ego there's no drama there's no kind of voices from labels or management in your ear saying you've got to do certain things you could kind of just enjoy the experience in it in a way you haven't before I imagine
0: I think that's kind of what it is I mean uh, Mm. I think I think the um the reason why it is I think easier to to do it is because there is there is no outside pressure you know we're not making an album we're not writing music we're just kind of revisiting our history really um and and reconnecting with it in a way that we've never really been able to do which is pretty unique i mean i'm 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 i'm, I'm pretty sure that's pretty much what all kind of you know nostalgia bands kind of end up <laughs> doing um <laughs> to a certain degree I always said that i know i wouldn't really want to kind of do anything like this um without good reason and i I feel very fortunate enough that we were able to do under circumstances that gave us a very good reason to kind of step back up um and be in the same room with each other and and do it without any kind of stress i mean it's it's a very lucky situation for us to be in and, and i mean the songs I mean, I love this, the the songs, especially the era that we're kind of we're focused on because of the the lineup. It's a very unique thing. I mean, to to kind of get to stand on stage with with those guys again and and do those songs, because I mean, the amount of love people have for them is is I mean, I, I like to think is a testament to to the strength of us as a group as songwriters of what we've been able to achieve together and um, I feel very, very lucky to have been a part of that.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I do have to ask because I think for a lot of fans looking from the outside in, there seems to be a lot of question marks going, well, what's going to happen eventually with Funeral? Um, At the moment, is it just kind of seeing where it goes? I mean, you're obviously not planning to write or do a record or be a full-time band like that again. But is it just kind of see what offers present itself, see what opportunities come up and you'll we'll talk about um, it?
0: Maybe. I mean, I think any, I mean, I mean, people have been approaching, I mean, Ryan's kind of like the point person for anything to do with, with, with the band. Um, and, and, you know, he gets the odd kind of offering and he'll just, you know, let us know that there's this, there's that and the other thing, but there's no kind of pressure to commit I mean, everybody's got families. There's kids and like literally there's buckets of kids. <laughs> 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 well, I feel feels like, um, to me, um, there are like, you know, there's, there's sprogs popping up everywhere. And I think it would be futile to try to shape the band into something as an ongoing concern. I think, I think what makes it so unique at the moment and so nice for us is, it is something that we can just dust off and pick up and maybe do for a special occasion or, you know, birthdays or christenings. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: am <laughs> at birthday parties. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean,
5: <laughs> I mean uh, the world, the world,
0: the world is right. um But we've had, I mean, I, I mean, I, we've, there are definitely, you know, people who are, who still want to see us play live. i Fuck knows why, but
4: um, <laughs> don't be so fucking stupid. <laughs> Come on, I mean. you, you say that like you swear. You. No, I don't let you carry on. Right? You said that then, like it was fucking four people you could think of. Right? No, there's no, no. I mean, there is multiple that that I,
0: thousands. Four people that I know, but that's my mother my father.
4: Um, <laughs> oh, you know I, fucking well.
5: Me. You know there's
4: that too. Yeah, no. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's four. It's one oh, more. We need. We need one <laughs> more. Uh, thought,
0: no, Ryan. But, uh, I'm, i I'm, I'm, I'm joking because it's um, never during the life of the band did I ever think of our band being a band that would be considered influential to to others. Okay. I don't think any band. I think I don't think any band realistically yeah. does that or thinks that. Um.
4: I yeah. I th- you were you were the The moment I heard the between order model unmixed fucking unmastered copy that somehow Scott Evans got hold of, the moment I heard <laughs> that I went, fucking hell, this is unbelievable. I yeah. can't believe they live fucking sixteen miles away from where I live. This is mad, and yeah, from that moment, like I know you I know you you're not thinking it, even probably like you got the first album and you're like, oh, this is this is good, but I don't know. Bro, it was from, from moment one. Moment one, you guys were fucking killing it. And yeah, loads I mean, of that's... people, loads and loads of people owe you fucking money. If not, just <laughs> fucking thanks. <laughs> if <laughs> not thanks, they owe you money. I mean it's,
0: it's, and, and I, was, I, I mean, it's definitely something over the last couple of years that um, through touring as well, I mean, I think we've always tried to I mean, especially through the last couple of years of our band, tried to play with bands and, and support friends and music whose music we genuinely love because we're genu- genuine music fans. I don't think we've ever kind of done anything to, I mean, I, there were some bands that we took out back in the day, which looking back on it now, I, I cannot fathom. I mean, we didn't care. I mean, the thing is, at a certain point in our band, we didn't care who we took out. Because it didn't concern, for some reason at that point, it didn't concern us so we didn't, weren't that invested in that aspect. But there was a certain point where we demanded that we, we wanted to be around people who shared a similar love of, 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 of the music, of the attitude, of the general enthusiasm of, of creativity that, that, that we so very much felt at the center of and, and was a huge part of what what being a band was for us, so um I mean, I never really kind of considered that funeral would become something that people would latch on to in a way that would be significant really um but now I mean, I get messages from people quite a lot just informing me of how important the band was or is yeah. still yeah in their life Good. I mean I mean that we we are still an important fan for people um and that people are still discovering our music now and it does i mean when you're out of it when you're out of it when you're away from it when you're out of the when you're outside of that that storm of 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 that life it's um definitely something that blows your mind more than than what it, it was like before
5: yeah,
3: well, I I think I think it's just a, a testament to the legacy of the banding, how good your records of being over the years, and and how kind of they still last to people, and resonate to people to this day. I mean, you've only got to mention the band name to people like Charlie Simpson, and he'll come running and say how much of an inspiration there was for for you guys, and even people like Ali Sykes. Am, am I right in saying that, like technically, the first time he ever performed on the stage was. As a fang jumping on to a, to a funeral I, show,
0: I think that's how the story goes. I was, I, I think, I was unconscious at the time.
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> um,
0: or oh, I passed out anyway. But um, I'm pretty sure that the story goes is we were playing a show in Sheffield. I wasn't well. Um, I was violently throwing up on stage and then collapsed down some stairs and then he got up and did Art of American football with the guys.
3: At well, some point so, <laughs> so um, I did know, so so, uh, so, know that. So, so eighty percent of everything, bring me have now should go to you and funeral in a way. <laughs> I, ag- so. I agree with <laughs> that. I agree
4: with that. <laughs> and, you ought to bl- wait? You ought to blame for that? No, not not, it, yeah. I, mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's. I feel very. I mean, it's. It's. I mean, I feel very fortunate that if our band was a stepping stone for people to get into other things for being creative on their own regard, then that's what blows my mind.
4: You are too nice. You are too nice. Fucking say, oh, if it wasn't for me, there'd be no Sheffield.
0: (laughs) Sheffield wouldn't exist. The town wouldn't exist. exist. I mean, it's, honestly, I find it real difficult to to think of it in any other way than being just, I mean, I have a lot of respect for um, a lot of these artists and a lot of bands Who've kind of acknowledged what we've acknowledged us, and really, in a way, and have built or of of put their own spin on on our our kind of what it is we did. Um, I mean, we were only influ- I mean we were only influenced by the bands that came before us. I mean, I think that's how music goes, really. And um, the the desire is is drawn from the the the, the inspirations that they give us license to want to start writing our own stuff instead of playing cover songs, you know? So, um,
4: but do you remember, do you remember a moment where you realized the band was kicking off? Well, like, was there a thing where you were like, Oh, we're doing this or we're playing with someone or somebody's taken notice. You never thought it would notice you guys.
0: (sighs) Um, honestly, I can't, honestly, I can't remember. I think there were quite a few points in the history of the band uh, if, from my point of view that probably would answer that question, but I can't give one definitive moment. Probably I think one of the biggest ones that recently stuck in my mind is Compass Point. I think it was, it was when, I think it was 2003 when we were in the middle of recording Casually Dressed. I think this, I think Compass Point was in between the recording sessions for for casually dressed, and um, I think it was in like early summer. I can't recall where maybe my somebody can, can find out, but um, we would.
4: Were... I can find out right now. I, I, I know the exact one you're on about, right? Because after, after we did those shows with you in October t- 2019, I was lucky enough to do Art of American Football with you guys, and I went.
0: I, I'm I, think sure this Nails, f- I think Nine Inch Nails were playing. I think it was nine inch nail. or maybe maybe my brain is is <laughs> mixed, them mixed, together, up, like, mixed them all together. mixed them all together for a friend I honestly, <laughs> no. um, I honestly can't recall it would probably it would have it would have definitely have been because we finished the recording sessions for the casualty dressed dress just before or just the start of August in two thousand and three because we ended up playing some headline shows. Around the Four Ways to Scream Your Name EP, it was the first, literally we did the last day of recording in the studio and there was a day off and then we were on tour playing like seven shows with The Beautiful Mistake. And I ended up having to go to hospital after the the last show in Southampton. My dad had to come and pick me up because I had an abscess on my throat, which had developed, um through stress and stuff due to the recording process. There was just growing and growing infection in my throat, which was growing and growing and growing. My dad came down to Southampton and picked me up and drove me back to, to my Stig. And then I ended up getting hospitalized because I had to have it I had to have it lanced because it was just very, very difficult. Ooh. And then I got diagnosed with having the mumps at the same time.
4: <clears throat> oh good Lord.
0: So I, I got double whammied um by it. and I do record I mean I- I recall back in the spring that it was definitely that Compass Point Festival, which was just like we'd been away, we'd been recording, we'd been doing stuff for the first half of the album, and we were due to play Compass Point, and we'd go on stage and it was nuts. It was nuts. I mean the headline shows that we've been playing at that point were were really cool, were a lot of fun, were there was definitely a bit build, more people were coming to the shows especially the hometown shows were always like where it was at playing TJs or playing club. Mm, I mean, nothing, nothing, no, yeah, nothing could be those. That, <laughs> that, that, show in the tall house where we played with water down, uh, yeah. um, on our first proper, you know, one of our first proper tours was, um, was insanity was insanity. I mean, I felt at those tours, those were the tours where I felt like we were living the dream. I've been going to show upon show upon show in South Wales with every band that we love coming through to be playing, you know, those shows as well as touring playing like, you know, five or six shows was just, was insanity. I guess it's like the beauty of like being as old as we are now that, you know, you can just kind of look back on it and be like, oh, you know, actually really give some kind of thought to it because it, it was just all just Spiraled up in a in a in a whirlwind for me for so long that I can I can start I can start picking them apart. Now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah.
4: Well, I, yeah. Well, uh, regarding that campus point, um, yeah. So after we did those shows together in October twenty nineteen, um, I went back to look f- uh, and watch old footage, and um, I found a video of Art of American Football from that campus point, and there's a moment in the middle where you go into the crowd. And you give the mic to some long-headed freak. And it's this long-headed freak. <laughs> it, it had literally been like a 10-year a, like a gap. It was like, well, longer now. Cause it, yeah, it was probably 15-year gap, like between the first, like you just see me, my head just appears Arr! out of the crowd. And then you and the mic in. And then 15 years later, we did it and those things. And it's just, it's mind-blowing. So do you,
0: know, do you know what I loved very much about those early days is that the people, you know, all the the bands and the people, because it, it wasn't just bands. I mean, obviously coming from my estate, I was relatively the only person apart from nebs in the early days that came from this part and everybody else knew each other and whatnot. And I always felt like a little bit like on, like on the outside, but it was always comforting to me whenever we play a show that was local and, all the local, fi- all the faces that I knew would be there. And whenever I would get, whenever I get excited and I would be on the, you know, in the, you know, in the pit or crowd surfing or giving the mic to somebody, guaranteed either you or any other <laughs> boys would be, would be there yeah. grabbing that fucking it's microphone no, it and, is and, and taking it. And it was always, it always gave me so much fun to, to kind of to play shows uh, locally.
4: Um, well, yeah. As soon as I, yeah. As soon as I heard that first EP, I was like, right, I have to see these as much as possible. So I believe I didn't go to your first ever show, but I think I went to the next five in a row. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. And one of them was when we travelled to, I think we went to Hereford or somewhere like that uh, in a van. Um, who else was playing? I just remember it was. It was around the time Goldmember must have came out because me and you. We're just doing gold member impressions constantly, just saying "tight as a tiger" <laughs> like all the time.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Toy. Like a tiger, yes. It's a pancake, <laughs> yes. Crazy pancakes, Dutch pancakes, yeah. Um, <laughs> Schmuck Smoking a, <laughs> a pancake, smoking
5: a pancake, boning a bonk.
0: Mate, um, they were unbelievable times. Was, I, know, were unbel- mates, I know, mate. Yeah. I know. They were like, Absolute. they were golden days. They were the golden mm. days.
3: Well, um, while we're taking a trip down memory lane, um, you mentioned that the kind of era of funeral that you guys are all revisiting now is kind of the early days and the first three records. And I believe you've been talking to Warner quite a lot now because they want to reissue those three records on vinyl, right?
0: Yes, very much so. Yeah. I mean, this is something that has been kind of boiling up for a, a few years a good friend of mine, um, who runs a record label in um, on the mainland called Entits Records, uh, he put out some of the Last Funeral stuff in um, in in Europe. We were always talking about possibilities of licensing the stuff to release because we couldn't quite fathom, given the resurgence in in vinyl, why our stuff hadn't been given a new lease of life on the format. I mean, I spent a couple of years uh during the last, like I said, during the last couple of years of the band and a, a little bit after working in a vinyl, you know, record store done in Newport. And um I was desperate to see the the albums on the format again because I was being constantly told that they were impossible to get. They were ridiculously expensive. I think Ryan was speaking to somebody at Warner's and he put me in touch with them. And we kind of managed to work out getting the um uh, live at the shepherd's bush empire kind of like the final hours at hammersmith um or the hammersmith empire uh released on on uh on vinyl for the very very first time and from there then came the the discussion about the 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 three warner albums and i was very adamant i mean i i i mean i i kind of want them to be treated as in the best possible way which is why you know this this comes out will be on the cusp of when they will be available for, for pre-ordering. I mean, Tales never, never got a crack at being released on vinyl, which always rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because I always found the thought that that record would, would sound the best on, on the format. And, um, and it does, I can attest to that now that it, it does sound the best on the format. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad that um, it's, they're giving an opportunity for, for kids who are, who are new to, to vinyl with I'm enthused by the format to discover the band, um, or to hear the band's music on such a very, um, interactive format for better, for, for better or for worse. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's definitely on the horizon and there will be, um, special collector's edition, um, Ooh. box set, um, <sighs> coming out. So, so that will be revealed next week. Oh mm.
3: lovely. Do ya.
0: So I mean all the okay. you know, it will be dropped through all the, the you know the usual channels and whatnot. But yeah. um yeah, yeah sure. I'm I'm excited because we've been working on it for a good while and we've had the involvement of all the members of the band involved in the, the records uh, at that point. So um we've got stories from every single one of us.
3: Well, some of your memories from those days in particular, though, like signing to Warner and, and making those records because that time is just well, flown well, well, by. You see,
0: you see, we never, we never signed to Warner. Um, we got gobbled up by, by the Warner's machine. Um, oh, we saw,
3: yes, yes.
0: We, saw, we signed to a little independent label called Infectious Records um, or Mushroom Infectious Records that were an indie who then were gobbled up by a major and um we got then kind of moved along different things we were with infectious for casually dressed. we were with um and then atlantic um east west for hours and and, and tails i mean i recall some of my favorite memories are so radically probably not ones that most people would, <laughs> would uh commonly associate with with the life like this but um some of the ones that are always sticking in my head are things like bullshit in the record company and telling them we had enough songs to make a full length album when we didn't, <laughs> <laughs> and then desperately, desperately trying to come up with stuff in um, in rehearsals to fill out and flesh out an album, which is what happened with Casually. And then,
4: yeah, look at how mad is that? How (laughs) mad is that to say those fucking words, right? You didn't have enough songs and then that album being that album and as good as it is. It's the reason,
0: it's the reason why we ended up putting some of the EP songs on the record. Because I mean, yes, I mean, we would, if we'd had, if we'd had our way at that point, we would have omitted them completely and would have been all new stuff. But the record label were kind of keen on. You know, in, including some of the, the, the big hitters, the live, especially the live big hitters. Um, and for me and Chris, Juno wasn't completely, we weren't completely satisfied with Juno after Mavs left because the dynamic changed. I mean, some of the songs were able to carry on as they were because of the, I mean, the dynamic didn't shift so much that we couldn't adapt it without it making too much of, a, of an issue. We thought about songs like Juno and how as we were it's the perfect example because we, rec- we recorded those that EP, that demo, before we'd even played a live show. So we there was no natural movement of the songs to finding their place, you know, like you know, like we do in a live environment when you, before you even record sometimes. You write songs, you play them, you play them, and they change your your approach to them can organically shift to to fit where it you know where they become the the song. Juno found its feet unfortunately amongst a, a group of people before I think Chris and I felt it was totally ready in our own departments i think in our own way in terms of the shape especially with the vocals of the song I think for me, so getting to re uh, approach that was kind of cool, and so that that kind of earned its spots being on the, on the record. But the other stuff, I mean, we were. I mean, I remember being in the studio. You got enough songs for um, a full length? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah.
0: And then afterwards, we've got like we've got like we've got like six 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 songs, seven songs if we if we're lucky. Um, and I remember we just we were we were in a record a rehearsal studio in London. For a couple of weeks before we were due to go into the studio, pre-production. And we were just, anything that came to us was fair game. So, Rookie of the Year pretty much went down as it, as it was. Bullet Theory came out, came out of us having a very frustrating day in the studio, not coming up with anything. I went in when everybody was taking a break to the live room, grabbed Chris's guitar or Dan's guitar, and then started playing the, the intro riff to bullet theory. Gradually everybody comes back in. Chris gets it really interested in the riff. I think about an hour later, we've got bullet theory. Um, wow. I mean, at that point, I had a couple of books, notebooks of lyrics I'd written from from years. So it was just like always something for me to pull to work with lyrically. I mean, every I mean it's it's very vague, it's very kind of like. My lyrics at that point, and especially because a lot of them were from, I've written from the age of like 16 to, to maybe to to that point, were all kind of like far more, far less direct than later writing, um, a bit more poetic, <laughs> and a bit less, a, a, a bit less, a, a, a bit, I think they're a bit difficult to decipher if you're really trying to get to the meat. Of what the songs are really about, but there's a little bit of everything—personal, political, social re- reflections there. And it was always a bone of contention when people would be like, "You know, what's that song about? You know, what? what so, what do you know about then?" And I hated—I I still <laughs> hate—kind of explaining away my words. Um, yeah. I always used to go the old, my old, uh, the old favorite was like, "What's it? What's, what does it mean to you then?" <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, it means this to me. I said, well, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just as Not valid. Then.
5: Yeah,
0: That's Not just then. as valid Malou. to me. If that's if that's what you feel, if that's what you feel the song's about, then that is as good as my interpretation of my... Of, of my Unless thing.
4: they get it really, really wrong. About,
0: this is about fascist propaganda.
4: <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah <laughs> I get a very pro-racism vibe. Well, you've got that all wrong. You couldn't be more yeah. wrong. I mean, yeah. if they'll go that way, I'm
0: like, well, actually... Jog on. Jog on, son. Yeah. But, um, I mean, those kind of moments are the ones that have stuck in my head. I mean, recording hours is, I mean, that experience is probably one of the most significant recording experiences that I've ever had in my in my life, uh, in my time in the band. Um, was that
4: um, with was that which, Teddy did?
0: Yeah. I mean, Oof. I could not have found somebody so like-minded and inspirational for me to of uh, of uh, with who understood my insecurities he understood the problems that i had i mean he wasn't trying to force me to to perform things without me being in this in a space and a headspace where i was totally committed and comfortable with doing what I was doing. And it was the most liberating experience in recording that I've ever had. And and that's nothing against the producers that we've worked with over the years. It it just was so unique and it was so artistically inspiring to be that free, to make a record on the terms and and to perform on the terms that it was comfortable for me to perform in. I mean, Terry really allowed, you know, gave me license to i think to find myself i think that's the reason why that record for me is so special because it's wrapped up in a whole lot of just not just creative things but very personal discovery kind of stuff it was very much a cathartic um record for me to make so well
3: well let let me ask you this right because funeral you've your back catalog you've got so many records and there's loads of kind of hidden tracks and and things like that And and i believe you've You're quite a unique band where every song you have written, you've actually released throughout the years and stuff. Yeah. So I was just wondering if there's any tracks in particular from any record that you feel maybe didn't get the spotlight it deserved or you thought maybe would have had more attention than it did. Maybe you wish there's a track you would have released as a single. Is there anything like that that comes to mind and you think there's an ultimate like underrated funeral track?
0: I think for me, one of my favorite songs, which we never... Did justice to live when the actual album came out was hospitality from ours purely because I think it really encompasses a lot of what I feel made us such a special band for each other. Like made, made made the, made the, the union, the unity of our creative kind of drive work because we were able to kind of balance the hard and the, and the soft quite well on that particular song. And I, um, I, I I do regret not fighting for that to be played at all. I mean, we only ever played it when we ever did... I think the first time we did an album tour for hours is when the only time we we, we bested that out. And there was quite a long, long time after the album came out. And it always went down um, really well. And we were always afraid of these songs for some reason. I don't know if we felt like we couldn't do them justice or because we felt like they were too sparse or just too difficult to pull off because I never felt that was the case when we actually approached the songs to do them live for these albums. I think we were a little bit chicken shit about tackling some of the songs off these albums live. We always give, you know, I think a lot of bands do the same as that you always give the spotlight to the the anthems, the ones that, you know, the draw the people in the ones that people connect with. But I think to make the live experience interesting, not just for the audience, but for yourself, you've got to throw, some other curveballs into the mix. You've got to kind of, you know, shake things up. And I'm, I kind of regret that we didn't kind of do more of that throughout our, our life set. So, I mean, whenever we released an album, I think we would oddly default to playing about probably about 25% of songs off that particular album and then playing the rest from, um, from the other albums. And, um, as if we were just terrified of, of not having the, the connection that was a thing. I mean, I think I, I I did think that was a kiss. is that some of the guys were like, whenever we'd played a new song, because the connection wasn't instantly there, that gratification, that energy was an opportunity opportunity to give up. And I felt, you know, I I felt there was defeated a little bit by that. It wasn't so bad when you're in your first and second albums, because, you know, you can easily work, you know, those, you know, songs from both of those albums together to make a cohesive set. But, I mean, we could have played for, not that I'm a fan of playing for like two hours, two hour sets, but I mean, we could have taken a few more risks, I think, in terms of incorporating some of the songs that I personally felt, you know, were were cool songs to play. I mean, some of the favorite songs we've ever done, uh, people always ask for like uh, B-sides, like You Want Romance and things like that, you know, but not the majority of the audience that wants those but I mean they've, they've connected in a way which is uh, which is cool I mean don't forget
4: yeah don't forget Mirtha Tidville's favourite song you know what what's <laughs>
0: well, that the getaway plan is it or the getaway plan <laughs> there it is yeah,
4: yeah. everybody's you know from Mirtha just loves the getaway plan yeah. do you know what
0: I did. I mentioned that to um, the guys the other day I said oh, do you reckon we should play the getaway plan and
4: they were like no and they were like nah no. <laughs> and, like, no. and they were like no none of no. from Mirtha. <laughs> if I was here, I'd have been going, yeah, yeah, boys, yeah.
0: It would have been that. That song would be a perfect. Cause I, that's an idea that I had that Chris worked into a song. It it shows its its influence on its sleeve a little bit. A bit too much for it to really sit um, as a as a funeral funeral song, I think. But I I said before I said I, mean, I, I often had the idea the last couple of uh, the last year or two thinking maybe we could re record that. And and kind oh. of
3: <laughs> John's and, face right now,
0: <laughs> and just kind of um, make it a funeral song, so to speak. And I mean, when I'm not trying to sound like somebody else when I'm singing, or I'm actually sounding like me when I'm singing. Because I, I mean, you listen to you listen to some of the. I mean, we, I mean, we changed some songs because. Do you remember a song? Um, we got a song called um, "Waking Up" um, on Can Dress that was called "Summer's Dead and Buried." Um before. And that was my, there's a demo of it. And my vocal is such a ripoff of me trying to sound like uh, Claudio from um, Cohe in Cambria, because I don't know why it was just probably something I was listening to a lot of at the time. And, and sometimes some of the, the demos that we did didn't filter that stuff out as, as, as well as um as what other demos did. But when we reworked it into Waking Up, that was when it became me singing so maybe i don't know maybe maybe the getaway plan or 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 you never or you never know when you're gonna need a good getaway plan is the actual title of the song Mm. um Mm. um could maybe you know maybe that would be a a good enough reason to i don't know maybe maybe not but I i had the thought i had the thought in my head
4: that's all is, seven of the listeners from Mirtha getting excited <laughs> and then potentially being dashed at the same time. Pr- but, yeah. It is mad. It's just, it's, just, it's just South Wales. Just, yeah, that South Wales scene just loved Getaway Plan as well. It's just mad. Isn't I, it? it's just, I mean,
0: it was such a, I mean, the the riff is literally, you could, it was like a blend of Glass Joe and Snapcase. Two, ba- two bands, two bands which uh hugely influential on anybody in that, yeah. at that time.
4: But, yeah, but especially sure. South Wales, like, South Wales had like an obsession with Long Island and didn't. It was almost like South Wales became the Long Island of of music, yeah. in, in yeah. fact. Because, yeah. like, we yeah. went from going, we fucking loved Show. I fucking love Glass Joe, I love Take Back Sunday, I love Brand New before all that stuff, obviously. The movie And live. then, um, at yeah. the movie yeah. life, yeah. <laughs> Lifetime. Yeah. There's, oh, there's loads of. Uh, so, although, yeah, although, loads of bands although,
0: got. although I do think that's New Jersey more than I think is Long Island. But, yeah.
4: Um, oh, ah, yeah. yeah. New Jersey's best answer. because yeah, life, it's, lifetime, it's literally in the
0: title. Lifetime, <laughs> lifetime, yeah. uh, uh, oh gods.
4: But yeah, like all that scene, and then like we all kind of just went, oh, that's cool. And then all of a sudden our scene was fucking. Well, like, all gotta of, start,
0: we've got all to start bands. somewhere. I mean, we've got to start somewhere. I mean, like I said about influences before, about like bands have, have taken what we've done. I mean, we took stuff from, I mean, Chris was very much a metal, like, guitar player. And, you know, he came from the school of learning stuff like Pantera, God Forbid, you know. But his, his hardcore loves with bands like Stamping Ground and stuff like that. I mean, which, yeah, I love too. But I also love the more melodic, hardcore punk, you know, style of things. And bands, we kind of would often meet in the middle with bands like, you know, Snapcase and Strife and Grade. Were, um, yep. were a band, that, yes. which were a huge, huge influence on on me when it came to doing stuff for funeral. Uh, I mean, she drove me to daytime television. Is practically an homage to, to the, the the music that they made. You know, those were those are bands that I still love and listen to dearly. Yeah,
3: it's mad. It's it's magic to see how many bands can come out of certain scenes and stuff from. From certain times. Um Matt, we won't keep you too much longer anymore no, because I've right, got, uh...
0: got about 20% battery power left, but um it's fine. Right.
3: <laughs> we'll get done before before it dies. But um I mean with all that now, obviously we're very excited for slam dunk this oh, weekend. I can't and wait.
4: Cannot wait. You are going to have the set of the weekend. Um oh, you're on bizarrely I'm early. On. <laughs> no, <you> but, are. <laughs> oh,
3: oh, here's a here's a warning, right? Here's a warning yeah. At the last funeral shows, I crowd surfed. And for oh, me, that's Russ. I mean that like, like yeah. you would not expect for me to do. So yeah, I'm so gonna if I'm you, gonna if do you, it if you could
4: yeah <laughs> do a crap set so Morgan doesn't doesn't coach it, which means your fans don't get him lying on him. But yeah, I'm,
5: uh, I'm oh, kind of glad that, yeah
0: I'm kind of glad we're playing as early as we are because I can um, I won't be late for my tea. And so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am real I'm a real bitch if I don't get my tea on time, Mike. So it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of my, I'm, I'm is. I'm that old man now. Yeah. I got You get grey hair, suddenly. You can't. Your tea time is precious. But yeah. You know what I mean? like, <laughs>
5: yeah. I mean,
4: yeah. I guess i telling people. Well, people are going to go. Wait a funeral on at this time I go. Oh, Matt demanded. Him. I might said he wasn't <laughs> playing unless because he got a, He got yeah. He got sandwiches ready for him. He yeah, yeah. got to have them at the right time, but. Like, well, we what get, time's tea right. time
3: 6 o'clock because you finished at 5.55 right so like yeah. <laughs> yeah. straight in straight off
0: you think I just this. This is like, I said, done before 6 minutes. not played otherwise yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah.
3: that's it no uh, but no it's, it's going to be it's going to be good I, I, it's going to be do fucking, see me, it's going to be more crowed. than good have that you seen me crowd to? I, I, I apologize, but um, but no. With, with all that now, obviously, you got the tour coming up in January. Um, you're always busy working with Avocado as well. But is mm-hmm. like, is there anything else we can maybe look out for? Is there anything with Avocado coming up though? That- the records as well. Um,
0: yeah. Um, well, the obviously the the vinyl reissues, the faf, um, the first uh three albums coming out. Um, pre-orders will be coming very, 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 very soon. Um, literally week after um, Sam Dunk, and they will be out before the end of the year. We've got the rescheduled headline tour in at the start of next year. Um, and with everything, avocado. I mean, we're just kind of trying to balance a lot of things with with this pandemic. I feel very fortunate that I'm going to be playing uh, on the same stage uh, as three other artists, three other bands that I work with. Um, nice. So um, I get to to kind of Who's call that that double duty. Uh, come, <laughs> yeah. come back, Kid. Uh,
5: Never
4: male, you male, Malevolence.
0: <laughs> uh, violence, violence, nice uh, i And <laughs> blood use. So. Um, oh, nice, nice. So um, I'm very much looking forward to to yeah, catching this. So I, I love Malevolence. I mean, Come Back is mm. one of my favorite hardcore bands for for years and years and years. And I mean, it's it's really cool to be able to get to. Uh, to work with, in at least in the capacity that I get to work with these bands, because it's it's just exciting to to kind of to to work with musicians who feel as strongly and as passionately about what they do. Yeah.
4: Oh, well, yeah. Can you just briefly, yeah, well, yeah, explain what 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 it is that you do with what,
0: what I do? Theater. I mean, I am responsible for hyping um, our artists and our tours across all the digital platforms um that we work that we work on so i'm the um the i' not, not i'm not personally social media savvy but i am business social media savvy
5: <laughs> so um
0: i yeah I, I i just kind of you know i i inform i get the information there i kind of work with um promoters and gaining kind of access materials and stuff and things like that just a, bit, a little bit of everything i can kind i of support i support the agents as well on you know those platforms. And um, yeah, I get to to kind of to kind of listen to a lot of new stuff that, and, and new kind of artists that we work with coming through. So it's nice. uh, very cool,
4: awesome. Can't
3: go, go wrong. wrong. Yeah, Can't thank you go for that. Yeah, no, well. Thanks for taking the time, man. This has been um, a great chat. I know a lot of people have wanted you on for a while, so oh, I'm glad we finally you know it's got literally to do <laughs> it. Since, since fucking day hey, one, me, of this, you, right? you
0: <laughs> me for so long, man. I was like, <laughs> I was, and this is the thing. I mean, I was so like, nah, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be. I did one like podcast years ago, and that was like one enough for me, but I don't know. I mean, I've seen what you guys have been doing, and. I, I've been very, um, very much into it, and um, oh, wow. and thank I've, I've I, I love both of your personalities and stuff, especially you, Sean. I mean, I've always uh, as as much. I mean, I, I've never been very at, at the forefront of giving credit where credits due, but uh, I've always had a lot of respect for how you carry yourself on stage, and well, the, um, thank you, and the general attitude you have, and um, I've always. Even if I've never said it, I've always enjoyed sharing a stage with you or a tour with you. And, oh, um, wow.
5: and outside, I'm
0: and outside of <laughs> a funeral, um, you're always one of the one of the the people that. Um, whenever we catch up, we're we're in any situation, it it does it feels like we've never
4: missed a beat. So it's yeah, um, I agree, I agree. It's very cool. But yeah. Aww. Well, thank you. No, thank you for the. You, we're gonna swap it from. It's gonna be another 20 <laughs> minutes of us of me just rimming you know, just rimming. Um, no, thank you for everything. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you for um, accepting me when I was um, just the annoying bastard, the annoying chopsy bastard without a band. <laughs> 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 and then I got a band and became the annoying chopsy bastard with a band. But no, you you guys were always lovely to me. And um, yeah, you took us on tours and gave us shows. And literally the first big show the Blackout ever did was supporting Foo for a Friend upstairs in Blackwood Miners Institute. And I'll never forget it. And yes, thank you very much. You're a fucking superstar. This weekend is going to be absolutely magic. And I cannot wait. And I hope everybody who listens to this, who's in a band, who has been influenced in Film for Friend at any point, right? Stops in front of you and bows down to you, right? Like <laughs> Alice Cooper in Winsworth. Because <laughs> it's every brand on our bill, especially the British ones, owes you. So you should be demanding it, actually, right? So if you're listening oh. and you're a band who's on Slam Dunk, if you see Matt or any of the funeral for friend boys, just don't say anything. Just bow and let them walk past. Just <laughs> get out of the way. But give them a bow wow. so they know. Especially if i for my tea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, and if he's late for tea, run out of the way. Just bow. <laughs> just get out of his way. He's on his way yeah. back to the dressing room for a sandwich. Oh. But yeah, thank That's you, Matt. Thank kind you, kind you so much.
0: I, I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Thanks.
4: No one gets to say a nice <laughs> word about me? What's? Morgan, that is a <laughs> lovely red microphone. Um, uh, hey, what's hey, the word? Hey. Muff. Red, muff. Nice muff. Red, nice red muff, a, Morgan. Red is the new black. So oh, I fucking hate my life.
3: I hate my fucking life. <laughs> oh, oh, let's oh just end it. Then, then, thank you so much, man. I appreciate <laughs> no you. And we'll see you at Slam Dunk. <laughs> Likewise, thanks for having me on watch. <laughs> yes, to you, thank
0: okay.
5: you. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. You're
4: listening to Podcast. Yes, yes, lovely stuff. Lovely, 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 lovely. What a lovely ending that was. I was not expecting any of that. In fact, I was expecting to go. Sean, I gotta be honest, with you, I absolutely <laughs> fucking
3: hate your guts. Which ah, so it was a lovely, lovely end. Nice surprise, nice surprises for everyone on the podcast. And yes, yeah. I was um, very impressed with my pun there at the end as well. You know, never you never yeah, know yeah, what's today. never know what's going to happen. As usual,
4: yeah, <laughs> as usual, I nearly. Cr- he cringed inside myself there, and I <laughs> back in.
3: you set me up you set me up what can i say but Ugh. no thank you so much for matt for taking the time as we said he doesn't do a lot of these and we really appreciate him being so open honest We're and blessed. fluent with thank us you. it's a really great conversation everyone knows funeral are uh, one of our favorite bands and i'm so excited to be seeing them live in the flesh again this weekend at Slam Dunk Festival 2021 in Leeds and Hatfield. Um, if you do see me crowd surfing, um, I do apologise. Um, but I'm going to be a very happy human being, so it's going to be a very very nice time.
4: Yeah, and if you see me uh, crowd surfing and I am naked, um, no, you didn't see. Me. <laughs> um, and also, don't touch my junk. Or touch my junk completely. Do you know what? Up to you. <laughs> I'll leave it down to you. Touch my junk or not. Um, but yeah, can't wait for Slam Dunk. Can't wait for Film for a Friend. There's so many good bands playing that hopefully we get the chat to. And I think we're going to have a wonderful time this weekend. So fingers crossed that we're all COVID free. Yes. And then um, yeah, party on for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. What are you doing? Writing lyrics now, are you? What? I'm on- rap, rap. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> rap. Right, Rapping guys, in. we're going to be wrapping in <laughs> podcast with Sean Smith and his wonderful Quiff and Morgan Richards and nothing wrong with Richards. Aww. Nice. Nice on Morgan. you fucking morgan the organ and his fucking Sorry, surname.
3: Sorry. But, um, but no, Sam Dunk's going to be very good. We're going to be recording a lot of content, a lot of interviews, a lot of podcasts and whatnot. So keep up to date with everything on that. Via our social media at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to be testing regularly. We're going to do everything as safely as we can. But sla- slam dunk lineup this year. I'm so happy that this festival can go ahead. It's been moved so many times. It's had problems with obviously bands in other countries trying to come over lineup changes and whatnot. But for me, it's still an incredible lineup and I'm so excited to see so many people and bands. And not to be a little tease, Right, but there's a secret set. There's a photo
4: of you, Willie. Oh,
3: no, that's not the secret set. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm. There's no, no. Naked 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 Morgan will not be appearing at Slam Dunk Festival 2021. Confirmed, right here. He's doing Download 2022 (laughs) though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) there's a secret set, right? Um, I've who is it? Do you know who it is? Yeah, I've been told by a very reliable source. uh, You haven't told me. No, not yet. Um, who uh, who it might be wait a minute, wait
4: so- let me just wait it uh, wait it i just need to check something else um right let me have a look at this graph sapling podcast with- <laughs> Sh- uh, well that looks like my name in capitals
3: as well mm. is that my name in- yeah uh- it is yeah How the do i, don't fuck, don't I you know what <laughs> All i'm saying is if if the if the reliable source is true then you it's do in not It's a blackout if you didn't know it was the blackout, right? And it was the blackout. Well, I don't know who it is now, and you fucking somehow do, so I, it might be the fucking blackout. If it's the blackout,
4: and the other boys haven't told me, oh, I'm going to be pissed. And also, I don't, I haven't had time to relearn any of the lyrics, so. <laughs>
3: shit. Oh. Is it the blackout? Just tell me yes or no now. Uh, I don't think it is. Go on, carry on then. But i was just saying, you, you want to be, if you're going to stand Dunk, go to that secret set. Because you either say a very, very happy Morgan, or you'll have a band you really did not expect to be appearing at a slam dunk festival this weekend. I've probably said too much, to be honest, um, but keep an eye out for that.
4: Right. Everyone listen to this, right? Think how much he loves puns. Has he put a pun in there somewhere that's related to this band? Mm. I don't know, and I'm only asking you now, because I need you to try and work out who it is to let me know before the festival, because I know what he's like. You he won't tell me he's a prick. <laughs> so... <laughs> I can't believe you know. I can't believe you know.
3: <laughs> hey, I'm doing ju- blackout I'm doing ju- this. I got my sources. What can I say? Um, Madness. Um, anyway, yes.
4: Uh, if you uh, enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes, please think about helping the boys, supporting your boys. Supporting. That's right. I've turned into a 14 year old again. Support the boys at patreon.com. Force us happening. Um, with there's loads of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, you find out the information first, except who's playing Slam Dunk, apparently, because I'm in that group and I don't even know. So. Um,
5: yeah.
4: But yeah, uh, we've made a fantastic community of absolute legends. And yeah, we need to thank all of those people, actually. So yeah, check out the description of this episode. Morgan has written out a whole load of names of people in the Patreon. Um, but we also have to thank the elite members of our Patreon, who are as follows. Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwowe, Mikey Engler, Janelle Caston, Mitch Perry, Kelly Young, Dilly Grimwood, Kellyu, and Liam Connolly. Drew Styles, Paul Ishfield, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, and Natasha Morris. Sammy G, Shani Maya Boxer Anderson, Tony Mike Lamaginabano, Cat Besant, A full stop. Captain Hannibal, Jenny Robson, Muddy Grimwood, Mike Oxmoll, Johnny Phillips. Amy Campion, Tom Owen, Caroline Robson, Caitlin Richards, Kevin Clark, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Lydia Henderson, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Kate Stevenson, Lucy Diaz. Happy birthday for today. What day is it? It's Wednesday today, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Is it today's Wednesday? Yep. Happy birthday to uh Lucy Diaz, whose birthday it actually is today when we're recording this. This'll come out two days after though. Uh thank you very much, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Kelly Cannon, Livy Cropper, Jason O'Redia Becky Handy, Stuart McDowd, Craig Harris, Adam King of the Goss Past Law, Ollie Ollie saw Sean throw Morgan in front of the, the cops over an award, but it was theirs. Amesbury, what? Ollie saw Sean throw Morgan in front of the cops over an award, but it was theirs.
3: I think he's alluding to the fact that the heavy music awards, and if we don't win, we'll steal an award, and then if we get caught... You'll say it was all my fault.
4: Uh, Ollie, I think you've mistaken me for someone who cares too much about this award.
5: Um, <laughs>
4: number one, we're not gonna win it. I'd imagine Craig Reynolds is gonna win it. Number two, meh, Night out, did it? Night out from Mertha Tidville. Um it landed for me, so I'm just happy to be invited. Um but good effort all, I think. Uh thank you very much. Chris Howard, Alice Wood, Josh to the seafood store, my glasses last night. I will find you. I have contacts. Chris. Oh, that's good. I like Josh. Josh who recently got recognised on a night out in Cardiff <laughs> for being <laughs> one of the patrons with the bad jokes. That's good. Uh, thank you very much. Daniel Stevenson, Reese Bowring, Craig Govan, Amy Chilvers, Ben Evans, Mark Jones, Connor Lewins, Kerry Sandrews, Sammy G. What Sammy G's on here? Twice. Kevin Clark, Louis Cook, and Martina McManus. We love all of those guys. You are absolute superstars. And anybody who's part of Patreon, genuinely, the support is incredible. And we appreciate each and every single person in our group for being involved with us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
3: yes, you. Yes, we do. I know we say it a lot, but honestly, without our Patreon and all those wonderful people, this wouldn't able to exist each and every week nope. like it does. So we appreciate you more than we can ever put into words. Thank you so, so much. And thank you to anyone who's listened to this episode who regularly checks out the podcasts as well. But if you'd like some extra content, and bonuses, and to make some extra friends, head over to patreon.com forward slash Um Speaking of things we're getting up to, obviously we've mentioned Slam Dunk, so keep an eye out for us there. If you see us, shout sapning, take a photo. If for some reason you want one, give us a wave, whatever. We're recording this... The day before the Heavy Music Awards, it'll come out. Well, it comes out at midnight when we're still there. Oh, yeah. We'll be partying or sad oh, partying God. when this comes out. Crying or crying, be crying? or something. Um, but again, you can. I'm sure we'll post about whatever happens, so you can keep an eye out for that. And the Heavy Music Awards is being streamed on Twitch, and I'm sure there is a replay, so you can go back and watch it. So if we have one or we've lost, or the camera caught us swearing in um, disbelief at something. Go and check that out. And you've got a few gigs coming up yourself, Sean, with your band Raiders.
4: Yes, uh, we have been announced that we are supporting the Mighty Death Blooms from Liverpool, who are uh, metal meets new metal, the greatest of all metals, new metal. And we are playing with them at the Exchange in Bristol on September the 21st. Or oh, 23rd, 21st, I think it is. Um, if you go to at Raiders Band UK on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, the information will be up there. Please give us a follow. Check out our songs, Raiders UK on Spotify, Apple Music or whatever you stream music. We got four songs out. I think they're all right. Sadly, for anybody who comes to see us live, the four of us will be playing everything live. There is no backing track. There is no miming. If we go wrong in a song, we can stop and start the song again or carry on from where we need to go, Um, we don't have to stop a whole set and press play on the computer again.
3: That's um, that's a very unique technique now in 2021, and I admire that. It's unbelievable. Very punk rock. It's absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) I feel like
4: a 90-year-old man in this scene now. Um, With the kids today and their computers playing all their songs (laughs) for them. It's mental. (laughs)
3: But that show with Death Blooms is going to be very, very good. They've just released a track... Um, with Wargasm as well. Two awesome bands collaborating to go and check that out and head down to the show if you're in the UK or near Bristol in September. Um, If you're near the UK. Yeah, or in 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 Bristol. Well, yeah. Yeah. the, yeah, you know, just passing. Yeah, if you're just flying past Bristol, jump out to the plane, man. Jump out to the plane. Man. See us and we'll laugh, it it? Land just outside the venue near the box office and just that'd be the coolest landing ever. Imagine that and just be like, hey, one ticket, hey, please. listen,
4: listen. If you're thinking of parachuting into our gig in Bristol <laughs> in September... Let me know and I'll put your name on the guest list and let me know what time you're touching down and I will film outside the gig you landing and walking into the box office to get a ticket. That, so please do.
3: Is that the weirdest like offer for a gig ticket anyone's ever done? Yeah. Are
4: you so desperate for a 6 or £7 ticket that you will rent a plane and learn to parachute, do enough hours of parachuting to land in front of the venue just so you can have a free ticket? Hey, if that sounds like something you do, um, number one, let's do it. Number two, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's go. Let's, let's go. go. Anyway, hopefully we've won an award. We definitely haven't, but cool. <laughs> um, thank you for voting for us. Thank you for letting us go. Thank you the music awards for having us. I'm sorry that Morgan took a shit um, <laughs> on the table and uh, threw it at Craig Reynolds. Um, but that's, I can't control Morgan. So, please, I don't want to be banned from next year's awards, but definitely have a think about banning Morgan after what he does. Um, also, if you're a slam then come and see us. As Mog said, yell Sapnin. If you're not, just yell Sapnin into the air anyway, and I'm sure we'll hear it and we'll yell sapning back. Um, thank you again to Matthew Davis-Cray, Funeral for a Friend, um, and uh, Beelzebub. Weird ending, weird ending. Very...
3: way. Hey.
4: Story of my life, <laughs> Sean. As a weird end, look at this. Weird, isn't it? Anyway, Sapnin Sapnin <laughs> My car goes talking about the weird end. You're listening to Sapnin podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or
5: streaming it, or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcast. Um, Thank you very much.